Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This is another episode of the Raptors Reaction Podcast Classic. And uh, joining me to look back on one of the most... uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say most famous Game 7s. I would say most other Raptor, most other NBA fans aren't uh, reminiscing fondly on this one. But for, as Raptor fans, you know, uh, Game 7 between the Raptors and the Miami Heat uh, was definitely a celebration. And, and joining me to cover that is, uh, you know, Colin Show co-host Josh Hart. Uh, how you been doing, man? What, what's what's good with you? Uh, you know, do my best. The quarantine's horrible. I miss my life. I miss my friends. I miss hugs. Um, but, you know, fortunate to have my health. No one too close to me has been too sick, and I've been really uh, thankful for that. Um, but it's good to be on the show to talk about um, what I think of as the Kyle Lowry game or the Toronto Tupac game. Um, a classic moment for Raptors fans, definitely. And I think a signature moment of the league in the last few years. Um, I mean, it's not... It's it's up there. It's Kyle Lowry put up thirty five points in a game seven, including a famous Mike Breen bang mm-hmm. to knock off Dwayne Wade. It was, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so first off, so the Raptors in this game, uh, as you mentioned, it's it's Lowry uh, doing the thing. You know what I mean? Like doing the thing where he is. I think this is probably the starter where the Kyle Lowry in the playoffs narrative really was at its peak because at the start of this series before we even get to a game seven situation at the start of the series after game one i believe that was the game where kyle Lowry sticks around late it's like 1 a.m and he's shooting around just in an empty gym after the raptors lose yet another game one um and he's at this point shooting like 30 some odd percent uh damar was doing that as well but there was a lot a lot of attention focused on kyle and how bad he was in terms of shooting the basketball and um you know i think that's that's really where it hit the mainstream like yeah this this guy's not cutting it but you know to kyle Larry's credit in this heat series he has three games where he has over 30 including this one where he has 35 points um to carry the raptors uh, past the Miami Heat, which um, this is not a very good Heat team, I must admit. Uh, when I was looking at some of the names, they kept talking about on the broadcast how much they miss Hassan Whiteside, uh, who had got like an MCL injury in Game Three. So it's uh it's, it's unfortunate. But look, listen, the, the Raptors blew out the Miami Heat by a score of one sixteen to eighty nine on May fifteenth, two thousand and sixteen. Uh, first off, Josh, like. What, what was your life back? What was your life like back in 2016? <laughs> yeah, it's, what were you in it's life? funny that you mentioned that the 2016 playoffs. I remember well because uh, me and my uh, girlfriend were in Scotland where she was finishing her masters. Mm-hmm. So I was watching this series and the Pacers series before it, like at three in the morning in Edinburgh, like middle of the night. Had to be quiet in the living room, drinking Tenet's beer or Iron Brew and 
vodka um, by myself. But I remember these games super duper well. Like that Pacers series was oh. like you know classic moments. Um, was it what Rodney Hood at the end of game? Was it Rodney Hood? Who was it that? Uh, oh, Solomon Hill. Had his hand on the ball. Solomon Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That, like that. That moment. Like I remember being just. Yeah, I was uh, in Scotland, hanging out, watching basketball games in the middle of the night. Um, it was a good time. What? What? You were. You were what, like an intern at the, the score back then? Like, what were you doing? What were you doing back in twenty sixteen? No, come on, I was I was working, I was working full time at the score by then. Um, oh yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess that would make sense. You were out of school for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, not not to disclose where I, I lived, but uh, you were at my old apartment, which is kind of close to where you live now. Um, yeah. And it was just like an absolute warehouse. Like I'm not even, I'm not joking when I say I lived in a Nike shoebox. Essentially, like there were there, yeah, were, there were no windows uh, in in my place. And but whatever, you know, it was a, it was a very good time because I remember the weather being great. Uh, I remember watching this game and getting so hype and fired up. And you know, it's good that you bring up the Indiana series because that was also a game seven. And I asked you before this, like, hey, you know, I'm thinking of recapping one of the uh, two other game seven wins. Uh, outside of obviously game seven against Philly last year, um, you know, do you want to do Indiana or Miami? And you, <laughs> you're like, yeah, definitely this one. I uh, don't want to revisit that one again. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, this game is so much more enjoyable in the sense that, like, so not it, it wasn't just about the Raptors advancing to the uh, conference finals for the first time in franchise history. It wasn't even necessarily uh, about sort of um, the recognition that came with all that stuff. Because I don't think it actually brought the Raptors that much recognition in the national sphere. I, I remember distinctly that there used to be this poll that ran on CBS Sports. <laughs> was that that, that year? That was the year where the, that the poll where it was like, <laughs> which one of these four teams is going to win the NBA championship? And it had the Cavs, uh, it had the Warriors, it had the Thunder, and then it had other. And I'm like, yo, there's only there's four teams, teams left. Man. Why did you just say Raptors? I know no one's going to pick uh, Raptors. I get it, all right? The Raptors were not going to yeah, beat yeah. the Cavs or the Warriors that year. But come <laughs> on, man. The disrespect. Um, I just think, yeah, like to that point of disrespect, like I just remember this game was just something that shattered and broke against all the sort of negative stereotypes against the Raptors at that time, which is that like they couldn't get it done in big moments, um, that Kyle Lowry's a choker and all these other things. And... Yeah, it was so satisfying. Not just because the Raptors advanced, because the Raptors did it so emphatically. I don't actually remember yeah. that many landslide wins in the playoffs, you know, uh, for the Raptors. Every single game was kind of like grinded out. You're battling back from behind. You got to get game yeah. two because you always lost game one. Um, and even game seven against Indiana, that was like a four point game. It was ugly right to the yeah. end. But I think neither team cracked over 95 points. This game, the Raptors, like, they were, I don't know, it was shaping up to be an ugly game early on, but as a third quarter and fourth quarter especially, they just pulled away in, in, a, in a fashion where it became a blowout at the end. And we're talking about at the very end of the game, Baby Nagara's on the floor, um, a rookie DeLon Wright's on the floor, playing against his yeah. brother Darrell Wright, who was uh, on the cusp of retiring from the NBA. So it was actually the only time those two brothers got to play in the same game, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, it, it, it was that level of just like a blowout. And the scenes of seeing 
Dwayne Wade with a you know glossy look on his face, the the, the look of Goran Dragic, you know, with probably missing four teeth from this playoff series alone, sitting on the bench <laughs> dejected. Um, it brought so much joy to my heart. You know what I mean? This game, yeah. I love it. No, I love that the Raptors got to play spoiler to what would have been the only time LeBron and D Wade matched up in the playoffs. Right, right. I think there was a lot of of like national media that was excited for this matchup. I don't think it would have been competitive. I don't think it would have been any more competitive than the Raptors were in the Eastern Conference Finals, which we'll remember LeBron James noted as not being a difficult time <laughs> in his life. Uh, <laughs> Treated him like MJ and Gary Payton in the uh in the finals. Jeez. Uh, oh, that was that line still has me laughing. But yeah, it was amazing to see the Raptors go out and, you know, blow out a play, a team in the playoffs in game 7. It was you know, unbelievable. Like as you know, during the broadcast and I feel like every time the Raptors go to the Eastern Conference Finals, we have to talk about the Vince Carter missed three after the graduation. Mhm. Um, that was discussed on the broadcast. Uh, this time watching the game, I watched the TSN broadcast. When I saw the game four years ago, I watched the ESPN one, so I thought I'd see what you know, Matt and Jack were up to. But they talked about, yeah, Vince Carter missing at the end of Game 7 there, and this was the first time that those bad memories were exercised, and it was you know really sweet in 2019 when the Raptors were able to win in the Game 7 to go to the Eastern Finals over the 76ers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was amazing. The Raptors never blew up teams out. The only other time the Raptors blew teams out in the playoffs was last year in the Finals. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there were games <laughs> where they know. led wire to wire in Oakland, but uh, you know, people just don't want to give them credit, I guess. Um, okay, so people don't want to talk about let, let's start with the starting lineups here, because I, I thought this is just such an interesting moment in time for, for basketball. So the Raptors starting lineup, obviously Lowry and DeMar in the backcourt. Damari Carroll at three, yeah. which this was the first year they signed Damari, and he was hurt for most of the year. So he still had a pretty good reputation at this point. Uh, Patrick Patterson at four. Um, okay, I mean, I guess the, the starter was Louis Scola that year. So the, the power forward position was definitely an issue this year. As much as Scola held it down the regular season, he just wasn't really... I mean, at age of like 36, 37, like he just didn't have it in a playoff series. So Pat started, and then Bismack Biombo started because JV... Uh, who had a pretty good playoff run, you know, before this yeah. point, uh, hurt his, uh, I believe his hand, or no, his ankle. He hurt his ankle, um, ankle yeah. in game Both. three of... Both he and... Um, uh, Whiteside. Whiteside had lower body injuries. Yeah, yeah it's, it's unfortunate because those two guys were actually the... The two main <laughs> two points of both teams, and yeah. uh, it just changed the series entirely. And then for the Heat, so they had Dragic starting a point guard. This might have been the first yep. year they got Dragic. I, I think they well, maybe uh, it was supposed to be him and Bosch and Whiteside and Wade, and it was supposed to be the super team. Um, yeah. But then you know, obviously, very tragically, uh, Bosch's health sort yeah. of intervened there. Uh, and I guess you know, for Whiteside, he wasn't healthy either. But yeah, they got Dragic at point guard. Dwayne Wade, which this might have been the last, like, really, really good Dwayne Wade year. Good year, yeah. Uh, Iso Joe, Joe Johnson, starting at three. Um, Lou Aldang at four. And then Justice Winslow, a rookie Justice Winslow, uh, playing the center position because, again, as we mentioned, Whiteside got hurt. And Amari was hurt, too. Amari, I, 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 again, the Heat had a lot of random players, all right? I don't know. Do not have a lot of <laughs> memories of Amari Stoudemire on the Heat other than him taking wine baths. But, um... Yeah, they started Winslow. So this is just 
strange assortment of players. And what was even stranger was Justice Winslow, even though he started at center, as small ball center, he was guarding Kyle Lowry. So you have the five guarding the one. Like, there were... It was a very strange game for Game 7. It's like Magic Johnson in the finals. Yes. Except he, except this time he scores like four points and loses by 40. Um, he's not Magic Johnson. Yeah, unfortunately he's not Magic. And, and yeah, he was not replacing Kareem. He was replacing Whiteside. Um, it's still insane to me that Luol Deng and Joe Johnson saw like 30 minutes apiece mm-hmm. in the playoffs like four years ago. It seems... Those guys seem like they played in, like, 1997. It's impossible to for me to recollect. And wasn't this right before the Luol Deng summer? You know the Luol Deng summer? You know oh, the new stories, right, right, Atlanta right, Hawks? Right, with uh, Danny Ferry, who is, I think, already back yeah. in the NBA. So, you know, it just it just goes to show that <laughs> you give a half-hearted apology, you, you can, and, and, you know, yeah, you can get anywhere in life, apparently. Um, yeah, I think it might have been. Um yeah, and, and I gotta say, even though I remember these guys being mad old, I was pretty impressed with what Luol Dang and Joe Johnson were able to do. I mean, there was a stretch there. Joe Johnson looked amazing. Yeah, so he only has 13 points in this game on 6-9 shooting, which is totally... I mean, he's a minus 26 as well in 31 minutes. Like, you could totally live with that. But I'm telling you, the like, watching it, even watching it back now, even knowing that the Raptors are going to win this game by 25 viscerally seeing Joe Johnson score three straight baskets yeah. causes so much anxiety because of what happened exactly. in 2014 because uh, yeah. you know in that in that net series so yeah these guys were still able to do a couple of things but really what it came down to in this game was a Kalara was amazing we will talk plenty about that but b the Raptors just dominated them from a physical standpoint like this is why you play to get 56 wins in the regular season and get home court advantage because in a game 7 yeah. situation you want to have Home court, you want to have your guys energized and rested with the crowd and confidence behind them because where the Raptors beat the Heat was the fact that they got 20 offensive rebounds and the Heat only got seven. And those extra possessions, when you watch it back, it's really just Patrick Patterson shoving Luol Dang, like tossing around like a ragdoll and getting seven offensive rebounds. When have you ever saw Patrick Patterson get seven? Um, Bismack obviously doing his thing on the boards, uh, 16 rebounds, six offensive uh, even DeMar had four offensive rebounds. Kyle had three. So the Raptors starting lineup just physically kind of bullied uh, Miami. And, and that, along with Kyle Lowry being phenomenal, was the reason why they won this game. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, it was unbelievable to see the kind of intensity from Patrick Patterson. I don't remember that at any other time in his basketball playing career. Mm-hmm. I'm being that locked in. It just seemed... Uh, like mind blowing. I I was he was like someone that I really could cheer for, and yeah, yeah. I don't cheer for Patrick. I you know many of your fans know this. I came up with the Patrick Patterson Award for rotation player who shits the bed because that's all he ever did. Yeah. Um, and he still gives you some classic Patrick Patterson isms oh, <laughs> by being over fourteen and momentum threes in this game. I don't understand it's, how uh, every single time the ball swung to Pat in an important moment, he would brick, and there was open shots. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, cl- classic stuff. Yeah, classic stuff. Yeah, I was, I really was excited to see, excited to see him do that to Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs this year. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the first time ever we see Kawhi yell at somebody. Well, like Kawhi Leonard driving to the lane gets triple teamed, kicks it out to Patrick Patterson <laughs> wide open. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> in the corner. Ah, uh, meanwhile, Pat's <laughs> guarding Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. Let me see it. There's uh, still time for this, guy. man. There's still time. There is still time. Um, yeah, but you know, Adam Silver, we need. Yeah, it. seriously, Adam Silver. That that this is what we're dying to see again. Patrick Patterson <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, but no, this is actually one of Patterson's best playoff moments. I would say uh, it's it's crazy because he has seven. Uh, Offensive rebounds, he has seven free throw attempts. A lot of those are just him getting the board and then getting fouled, going for the yep. putback. Yeah, he misses some threes, but he played really well in this game. And really, he was the only guy who could guard Joe Johnson, which another highlights another classic issue the Raptors used to have with just big, small forwards. They had nobody to guard them. Like, when Patrick yep. Patterson's your best option defensively against a Joe Johnson, I mean, A, it does speak to the fact that Pat is a good defender, especially before his knee injury. Uh, but like that shouldn't be your go-to option. Like you, you needed somebody better in that position. And of course, you know, Damari was supposed to be that guy, but Damari was guarding Wade in this one. And I thought Damari actually played really well too, which is really strange because again, I just are, I have such negative memories of these two guys. But um, Damari really stepped up. I mean, in th- in this game, he was two for two from three. Yeah, Demar- Dem- I have in my notes that Damari went like looked totally decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like completely satisfactory in this game. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, that was something that I was excited to see. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, DeMar Carroll's not a guy who was known for hitting momentum-type threes, but there were two big sequences where the Raptors were part of, like, 8-0 runs to really stretch this game open and turn it into a blowout. And both times, DeMar Carroll was able to cap off those sequences with threes uh, to give the Raptors an advantage here. He was 4 or 5 from the field for 14 points. And I thought one of the most important parts of this game that I forgot about was the fact that Dwayne Wade got into early foul trouble, and I think that really screwed yeah. everything up for Miami because this is still at a time where Wade was definitively the go-to guy, uh, and, he, and so many possessions ran through him. And Damari Carroll actually has De- Demar has this ability to have these sort of like janky type drives where he kind of like is stumbling and running a little too fast and runs into you. And then he falls over, and it's usually called a foul. And he actually drew a couple of free throws this way, but he put the second foul on Dwayne Wade early by doing that. And uh, well, that foul was uh, that was that was all Josh Richardson's fault. He totally blew the rotation. Dwayne Wade went nuts on him because yeah. it led to a run from the Raptors. Because yeah, um, Drogic and Dwayne, Dwayne Wade were out for six minutes, and the Raptors went crazy during that stretch. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that Damari Carroll and Patrick Patterson, and I think another guy here that I want to um, highlight is Terrence Ross. This was one of the yeah. best. Like, he had stretches. He, he didn't get a ton of minutes in this game. I'm looking at the box score, and he saw 18 minutes, which was a little low for him. But he's a plus two in the game. But during those stretches, he looked really solid. Mm-hmm. His second shift wasn't great, but in his first shift, there is a minute-long stretch that I wrote in my notes. I couldn't believe it. It was so much fun. Um, at the, where is it? Okay, at the um, 9 nine and 45 second mark in the second quarter, uh, Terrence Ross picks Dwayne Wade's pocket and runs to the other, uh, other end of the court to feed Kyle Lowry, who draws a foul. Then at the 9.30 mark, he blocks Josh McRoberts at, from a pass from Wade that would have been an easy sort of alley-oop. Mm-hmm. And then at 8.45... He hits Dwayne Wade with a hezzy cross and blows by oh, him to, to the rim. I could, it was like, wait a second, why is Terrence Ross like the best guy on the court? I, that's the thing with Terrence. He has so much like natural talent. Like um, yeah. the like the shooting stroke is just butter, and it, that, I think that is mostly where he's in the NBA now. Is just as a shooter. 
But, like, the athleticism, the quickness, like, you know, it's not easy to break up for a shooting guard to break up a play right at the rim. But because Terrence has this, like, just, I mean, I don't know, man, probably 44-inch vertical, like, he's able to do that. He's got quickness. He's got good length. And it was really just about putting these moments together consistently because he definitely had talent, man. He definitely had talent. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, it was really funny to me how high Terrence would jump for, uh, to secure a defensive rebound that no one else was going to get. Versus how much he would use his athleticism going to the basket and trying to like dunk on somebody, it was always kind of yeah. weird to me. But, yes. um, but no, I was impressed by Terrence. Like I was pretty much impressed with everybody on the roster. Like, uh, you know, I thought Pat did pretty well in terms of his offensive rebounding. Him sort of just manhandling Lou all day yep. was great. Demari Carroll made some pretty big important uh, plays. Um, you know, Terrence Ross, as you mentioned, you know he has that great shift. Biombo, man, I just. Look, Biombo is not perfect by any means. He has very, very real flaws and things like that. But I miss this dude, man. Like I, watching this run, yeah. like he he was so lit in the 2016 playoff run, like incredibly yeah. so, man. Especially after yeah. JB got hurt, Bismack comes in and he's you know he's good for like 15, 16 rebounds a game and three blocks and a couple of dunks. Pretty much anything he does is a momentum play. And it was just fun watching him, man. Like, did you did you also miss Biz when you saw this? Yeah, like every time I see Biz McBeam, I'm like, man, this guy was fun to have around. Mm-hmm. The thing that I noticed, you can see how um, how much less he trusts Kyle Lowry. Trust Bismack Biyombo than he trusts Serge Ibaka, because you'll see these same like <laughs> actions where um, he'll get where Bismack will get free to roll, mm-hmm. but he's not in a perfect position, so Kyle Lowry holds on to the ball, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of you see Kyle Lowry looking to and he's not he's not quite there, and looking at games today you'll see Kyle Lowry's a bit more liberal with Serge Ibaka. Serge is rolling, mm-hmm. Kyle will hit him with a pass even if it's not perfect because Serge Ibaka has. You know, two hands, not two bricks at the ends of his arms. Um, wow. So it's fun. To, it was fun to see that di- difference. Just Kyle Lowry's never had a pick and roll partner as good as Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. and and the action that he liked to run with Bismack Biyombo sort of meet their perfection or their their ideal state with what he's done with Serge the last two years. And it's you know, yeah, it's it's fun to see Biz, but the guy that because if I remember correctly. After this season, Bismack Biombo gets signed by the Orlando Magic for too much money, and that's what drives Serge to Toronto for um, sort of some cap relief. That, that's right? true. They signed Bismack Biombo for four years, seventy-eight million or seventy-two million dollars, so eighteen a year. Insane. Um, yeah, I mean, good for Biz, but damn, like I, I don't know if Orlando <laughs> needs to do that, especially when they had Vucevic and other guys on the roster, but. Um, yeah, and then the Raptors get Surge. It's, it, look, it worked out. It, it definitely worked out. Um, Bismack, yeah, I, I just remember, it, it's just, it, it's just cool watching him play. I don't know, there's just something really fun about watching a member of the Raptors laugh and really yeah. soak in the moment and not be, not show any fear, not show any hesitation whatsoever in a Game 7 setting. I felt like everyone else was a yeah. little bit nervous. Everyone else was real focused like, real, like, I got to get this shit done. I got to really perform today. Everyone's really locked in, not showing much emotion. Kyle Lowry really only smiles when he's finally taken out of the game and he gets his uh, applause from the crowd. <laughs> and then he finally starts smiling. He puts the towel over his head. And, and then he's yeah. starting to crack up. But that's like a minute left in the game. Bismack, throughout the course of the game, was 
uh, I mean, it was Josh McRoberts, but he was taking Josh McRoberts' lunch, <laughs> pushing this dude around, and just laughing at him, man. And then towards the end, McRoberts, like, hard fouls Biombo, like, chops down in his arms yeah. after he got beat for yet another play. And he gets himself ejected. And Bismack, again, is just, like, he's just chill and cool, you know what I mean? Like, that confidence that he had was was really cool, man. And 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 I think it showed up at times in the Cavs series, too. Um Absolutely. So, shout out Bismack, man. Wasn't afraid. I, I lo- shout out Biz one time. He's just, uh, you know, he's great. This is also the game where someone brings a uh, Bismack is my father uh, sign to Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> so, okay, we, we've talked enough about the, the supporting guys. Let Oh, actually, actually, the one other supporting guy I wanted to talk about was, did you remember Jason Thompson on the Raptors? And did you remember him actually oh playing Oh, my goodness. When I saw him, minutes? I was like, wait a second. What is he doing? I know that... He's only in the game because JV was hurt and Bismack had to start. Uh-huh. But man, oh man, was he ever terrible. There's like a terrible um, foul that he commits in transition. He's behind the play, doesn't hit the guy hard, just barely gets behind. I think it's D Wade, but he looks. Why did we sign that guy? Why, why didn't they just play Scola? I felt like Scola could have done a little bit more than Jason Thompson did. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Ultimately, it didn't really matter because uh, the Raptors won this game by 25, and Jason Thompson only played seven minutes. But when he checked into the game, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was on the Raptors. I forgot. Like, they basically signed him. Like, the, the Raptors signed Jody Meeks last year. I was just like, yo, come come along for the playoffs. Uh, you're yeah. a veteran. We're going to play you two, three-minute shifts, and hopefully just don't screw it up. And I, at least to that point, Jason Thompson didn't screw it up. But yeah, it was I, I had for, completely forgotten that he was on the team. Okay, let's let's talk about the main two guys. So, um, Kyle and Demar. So, I think this is one of those games where it really illustrates the difference between these two guys. Because even though Demar has yes. uh, twenty eight points in this game, he shoots it's a lot of empty calories. He shoots twelve of twenty nine, whereas Kyle Lowry shoots eleven of yeah. twenty, including five of seven from three. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. There was a couple of plays here where Demar was forcing shots. There was one sequence where he got swatted by Luol Dang on back-to-back possessions. Uh, there's another sequence where he misses a wide-open three, gets his own rebound, but then bricks the floater like off the backboard, and then fouls the. <laughs> then he tries to get the ball again and fouls. And then Raptors are in, and they're in the bonus. The Heat are in the bonus, so they actually shoot two free throws over there. I, it's it's odd. Uh, there were legitimate moments where Demar hit some big shots, contested shots, some nice floaters in the lane. But, like, the fact that he really failed to, you know, contain Luol Deng, he got kind of bullied by Joe Johnson again. Um, it was weird. Whereas with Kyle Lowry, he just played... This was a really, really good game from Kyle. He just really, as a playmaker, did really well. Um, found Bismack Biombo quite a few times on dunks. Uh, you know, led this sort of, uh, you know, uh, push in the fourth quarter where he hits Damari Carroll for a transition three, then Terrence Ross for a transition three, then Biombo for a dunk, and all of a sudden it's like a 20-point game. Uh, and then Lowry just throughout the course of the game, I kind of, I kind of miss this era of Kyle Lowry as the scorer. Like he's just going out there with a the mentality to get a bucket, and that was missing in the last couple of years because he had better players around him. But um, yep. yeah, I, I miss this era. This is peak Kyle Lowry. Absolutely, this is the these are the these are the days that Kyle Lowry ever everything as a mantra was born to. Um, represent. Though, I, I do think it's fair to talk about DeMar DeRozan being really bad in the first half. No assists. Um, he had a whole bunch of misses. He was putting up a lot of things short. He looked tired mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, doesn't really make sense to me. Um, 
you saw Luol Deng blown by him on the baseline a couple times, which is crazy to me. Like, yeah, we're talking about Luol. <laughs> I mean, even a young Luol Deng doesn't really blow by a lot of people. An older Luol Deng yeah. should definitely not be blown by you, man. And you just see him with his hands down on defense a lot. Like it was just a game that I, I don't know. I've you know me. I've never been a huge Demar Derozan guy, mm-hmm. and this was the kind of game that made you screw up your face and like kiss your teeth about his effort on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's such a bad three point shooter, even in the corners, like I, I never, I never understood it. Well, the one he, he did, um, and then he did technically hit a three, but he had a foot on the line. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did that a lot. I don't know why. It was like when he had a foot on the line, he could magically shoot from three point range. But if you move it back like and, two inches, it was going to be a break. But that that um, that three pointer that was later called off. So it was a 10-point run. The Heat call a timeout. It comes back after it. The, it's been called uh, overturned. The Heat are now down nine. And then they go on like a 4-0 run. De, DeMar DeRozan gets, like, loses his focus, tries to pick off a play, um, gets burned. Mm. There's an easy layup by Drogic on the other end. Classic stuff. Like, yeah. I just The full DeMar DeRozan experience you got. Yes, he was amazing in the third quarter when the Raptors blow the game wide open. Mm-hmm. But in the first half, it's terrible. He is, he was not good. Yeah, it's really weird because in the regular season, these problems didn't really happen that much or they weren't accentuated that much. But in the playoff setting, it was really clear. Like, if DeMar, if DeMar was good, he was playing like a star. Otherwise, he was kind of negative. This is kind of a game where he's kind of yeah. both and it's sort of in between. I'd say he was a net so neutral six, in this one. So 6 of 17 in the first half and in the second half, DeMar DeRozan goes 6 of 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can see, it's a, yes, it's a game of two halves, but man, like the no assists in the first half was yeah. insane to me. Well, because he was getting double teamed and as always, never figured out a way to pass out of it and find, you know, Patrick Patterson who would miss an open three, but at least it would be the right basketball play. Yeah, well, I mean, this is also um, peak a little peak Dwayne Casey kind of game because it is just classic yeah. pound the rock offense, man. Like, it is pick and roll after pick and roll every single play. And it's a pick and roll not to set up a play, just to give Kyle Namar an opportunity to attack and shoot. That's it. Yeah. They're not running another place. Now, granted, they don't have JV, who is definitely the third um, option, I would say, you know, in this season. And sometimes second option, depending on what one of the guys weren't in. And, you know, they run a couple of, like, pin downs and stuff for Terrence Ross. But for the most part, it is ball screen to get Kyle, to get DeMar to shoot. And it is just over and over and over again. And, you know, you're just kind of praying that those guys can make some shots. So this game, Kyle actually does make some shots, all right? Kyle hits five threes. Kyle was really good. So first yeah. half, he actually starts out one for five, which I forgot about this. But he was able to successfully get to the line quite a few times. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he, he hits back-to-back uh, threes from the right wing. And from that point onward, he was just, like, lights out. Like, he was making all sorts of shots. Uh, the the pull-up, you know, off the high screen, uh, the classic Hilary shot. Um, he had a step-back three on Dwayne Wade. He got fouled by Goran Dragic on a three in the, in the, in, in the third quarter. You know, he finds Biombo so many times. And, yeah, man, Kyle Lowry. I mean, th- honestly, he was so good at the end of this game. Kyle Lowry hits a three. To get to 35 points, and you hear Mike Breen's voice crack when he says bang, because he's so excited. And I'm like, you know what? Wonderful. What a success story, man. To go from game one, where he's, you know, he hits that miracle, but whatever. Like, they lose that game. He's staying after the game to to shoot, 
to get to the end of that series in Game 7 where he's having this type of moment and vindicating so much of what, you know, Raptor fans uh, came to know was true about Kyle and the reasons we celebrate him. Uh, it was it was amazing, man. I'm so happy for Kyle watching this game back. Yeah, it's. I'm looking back at the box score for the third quarter. Kyle Lowry goes four for four, two threes, um, four assists, and two rebounds for a plus five because the Heat won their run. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was amazing um, in the third quarter of that game to sort of put the Raptors just out of reach. And I think in the fourth quarter, I think at the top of the fourth quarter is when it's put away for good. Mm-hmm. But man, was that ever? It's it's just you see the you get the whole Kyle Lowry experience. Yeah, he starts off. A little shaky, but he finds his stroke. He knows how to win. He knew he knew to feed Bismack Biombo and Patrick Patterson early mm-hmm. because they were just you know all over yeah. um, Justice Winslow and Josh McRoberts and even Tyler Johnson. Um, I I didn't notice it uh, the first time, but Kyle does a great job at making sure that Demar Rosen is posting up Tyler Johnson mm-hmm. as often as he could in the first quarter because that's that's a mismatch. Like Tyler Johnson oh, yeah. is. Well, is he still in the league? Yes, he's uh, with the Phoenix Suns. Well, good for him. Yeah, sharing minutes with Cam Johnson. Um, <laughs> yeah, for Kyle, like anywho, here's the thing with Kyle: like he was always a he's he's not really a, a natural scorer anyway, so his scoring is gonna fluctuate. Like, um, yeah, even back then, this is probably one of his best seasons scoring the ball uh, in 2016. You know, he starts out that year having the the 40 points against uh, you know Steph Curry and, and the Warriors when they were on their undefeated start to the year. That was an amazing game, man. I mean, the Raptors end up losing, but Kyle has like 41. Steph has like 44. It's it's close right down to the wire. Um, you know, Kyle hits, th- hits that game winner over Matthew Della Vadova. He has, I think, 40 in that one as well against Cleveland. And, you know, this is his best season scoring-wise, but he, he just is a guy who is going to have natural fluctuations in his scoring. Like, we even saw it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, last year where he starts off the playoffs in which he wins the title by scoring zero points in game one, and then he finishes it with game six. He scores eleven straight to start the to, to start the game on the road. So um, in this Miami series, though, I, I gotta say, look, I was fine. Like he was pretty good in this one. So he has thirty three in game three. He has twenty five in game five, thirty six in game six, game six and yeah. then he has 35 to close it out like I, I would say that's pretty damn good like you, you can't really expect more from him I think what you needed to do for the rest of the, was for the rest of the guys to be more consistent but um this is just a great moment for Kyle uh you know and it's it's still one of the best games he's ever played I mean I, you know he's had better games since I would say um there's a game against the Lakers where he only takes 16 shots but has like 40 points it's it's really incredible um I think <laughs> What he did in Game Six of the NBA Finals was in just amazing because he has twelve assists as, along with like seven rebounds to go with the twenty six points and eleven straight to start. Uh, Kawhi himself says that Kyle was the MVP of that game, so shout out to Kyle. But um, yeah, this was this was amazing for Kyle Lowry, and it was just really thrilled to see that happen. Um, one thing I like to do when I watch these things back is uh, look at the broadcast. So you mentioned you watched the Raptor broadcast. Um, how would you compare? What was what was Jack and, and Matt's mood at that, at that time? Oh, um, I think they were optimistic. There was the idea that like it was obvious early in the game to go after the Heat, the Heat's undersized bigs. Um, yeah, and the crowd was the you know. I've always loved the um, ACC or Scotiabank Arena 
home crowd. It's just unbelievable. Later that year, LeBron James would comment on it being one of the best crowds he's ever played in front of. I, I, I completely agree with him. LeBron's exact quote was, I destroyed these guys and they're still cheering. <laughs> <laughs> ah, LeBron. Yes, but it was it was awesome. Like the the crowd super hype. Um, there's a great like PK Subban and uh, Nav Bot here seated side by side on the baseline. Yep. Two um, West End legends, if you ask me. Yep. Yep. Um, he's from Rexstar, right? PK. PK, yeah, he's from uh, just the other side of 27 from where I grew oh, up. Right, okay. I grew up at Finch in 27. He's from Humberwood. Okay. So shout out to him. Yeah. yeah. And then Nav Bhatia, a great West, a West End man. And another West End man who's in the news today. Um, there's a. Aren't there rumors floating around about uh, Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian? I, I don't I know if they're true, it. but I I, I, before I, when I was. Uh, on a walk this afternoon, I saw TMZ. I'm like, all right, this is fine. Good for them. Using the quarantine for something. Right. <laughs> Tristan Thompson also had a great Eastern Conference Finals that year. Man. Yeah, look, listen. I, I, Tristan really did dominate the Raptors, too. Like, I want to sign her Tristan. He was, he was honestly, in some ways, he was kind of like the original Draymond in terms of that agitator, defender, you know, the rest of the star players are going to function around him. He was just going to do the dirty work. And, he, and, you know, he used to talk trash to the Raptors all the time. I mean, I was there. I, yeah, as he should. I mean, yeah. I mean, he brought, I remember he, there was a video of him bringing the Larry O'Brien trophy to a Tim Hortons uh, in Brampton. <laughs> which, first off, out of all places you could bring the Larry O'Brien trophy, a, a Tim Hortons in Brampton is like bottom five. <laughs> no, I read. I read. No, I, I, I read. don't. <laughs> I don't, man. You can't tell me there's not better places in Brampton to be bringing the Silver Brian Trophy to. Um, and then, yeah, I remember he was just talking shit about Toronto, so that's so. But you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. He won, so he gets to talk. Um, yeah, there's a. So anyway, I, the reason I asked you about the broadcast is because I, I watched the ESPN broadcast for this one, and some of the quotes um, are so kind of are so like unintentionally funny. <laughs> so so is it like Van Gundy, um, Breen, and uh, Mark Jackson? Yes, yes. How do they do? I like I hardly I, I remember. Thought, it. I, I thought they were fine. I thought they 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 didn't actually spend that much time complaining about the referees, which I appreciate because obviously you know nowadays Jeff Van Gundy definitely likes to take care of the broadcast and focus too much on that. But um, yeah. I, I got some select quotes here. So from Mike, from Mike Breen, uh, you know, in, in terms of the first six games, quote: "It's not been pretty." Um, and they were talking about the starting lineups and Justice Winslow starting, and, and Jeff Gundy says, "quote I saw Winslow play center in high school. To see it in the playoffs is ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> Mike Mike Breen says, "quote It's never easy for the Raptors." <laughs> Mike Breen says, "Lowry is so adept at falling because <laughs> he because Lowry oh kept goodness. drawing fouls." Uh, oh. Mark Jackson says, "quote With all due respect." They're doing you a favor by putting Patrick Patterson on you. This is they're talking about Joe Johnson getting guarded by Patrick Patterson. Again, all, all of these sound like disses. All right, Mike Green quote: DeRozan has a lot of points, but he's nine of twenty-five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's right. Uh, and then and then yeah, the last one was just funny. It has nothing to do with the Raptors, but Jeff Gundy just randomly says at the very end because they're talking about the Heat and how they're you know what questions they're going to do in the off season and stuff like that, but. Van Gundy says, uh, yeah, Whiteside's going to have multiple teams giving him the max, so he's got to be the number one priority for Miami, which, uh, 
Yikes. Because that also led to Dwayne Wade randomly leaving the team and going to Chicago and then uh, <laughs> Cleveland for a little bit, which was strange to see Wade wearing anything other than Miami on his chest. Yeah, that was an insane situation. Yeah, especially when it was Wade, Rondo, and Jimmy Butler. The three alphas. But then, didn't they have like that great series? Yeah, or, they no. were up 2 nothing on the Celtics. Oh yeah, the Celtics. But the Celtics aren't good, so who cares? Yeah. No, it was a um, it was it was a fun season for them in the sense that they got into so many arguments and fights. Remember, because Rondo was like, "Yo, I'm sticking up for, for my rookies like Nikola Mirotic and all these other guys, Bobby Portis, because uh, you know Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler are, are on their own little frat and stuff." I don't know. It was weird, man. It was weird, but uh, I don't know. That's there won't be a last dance season on that Chicago Bulls team. That, that's for sure. Um. Yeah, those mid two thousands Bulls teams or twenty ten teams were so bad. Speaking of, I was thinking about that Mother's Day was it Game Six where LeBron James goes crazy to beat the um, Bulls at the end of the game. That was mm. that was on a Sunday, and I, it was a Mother's Day, and I remember it well now. Was this the year Derrick Rose hit that shot? No, that was twenty fifteen, right? Yeah, no, when he like puffed out his chest, and then they lost every game after that. Wow, well, yeah. The, the The history of Derrick Rose versus LeBron is. Pretty much the same as the history of the Raptors versus LeBron. Like it's, it's it's one sided for sure. Um, some other random notes uh, I, I wanted to bring along before we get to three stars and things like this. Um, so they, they put so they were doing the free shirts promotion as they as they do that year. It was very strange. The 2016 year they kept making weird like printed T shirts. Like I have a Beaver shirt. There's like a you have a Lucky Beaver shirt. Yeah, yeah. I got a Lucky Beaver shirt, which I remember I. I because my uh, Google Photos was remember, was like, oh, one year ago today. And I, I, there's a picture of me wearing the Lucky Beaver shirt for Game 7 uh, between the Raptors and the Sixers. And, of course, it, it, that, that shirt Wait, is you undefeated. wore that to the arena? Yeah, it's undefeated. I wore it underneath other things because I'm a professional. But, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. You know, <laughs> That's it is what, what it I was is. worried about. Um, but, yeah, they, they, were making, they were doing the free shirts. And so they put two of those comically ugly free shirts on Drake's courtside seats, which uh, Drake doesn't end up showing up to this game. I think he gave it to Baca and some other guy. Uh, that I don't recognize, <laughs> but those guys showed up late, like maybe second half. So the, for the most of the game, you see action going on, and you see Drake's seats empty, and they put the free shirts on there. There's no way Drake's taking that free shirt home, though, man. He's not putting that on. Like you can't imagine a situation yeah. where Drake takes those. You know, uh, but anyway, whatever. I guess everyone has to get an equal chance there. Um, some other notes. So they were showing, like again, preview to uh, the game itself. And they were showing how both teams were struggling from three, both teams shooting 31% in the first six games from three. And the Miami Heat mm-hmm. were averaging 13 assists per game to against 14 turnovers per game. That's unbelievable. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's incredible. I've never seen... I had one note from the broadcast. I sent it to you, and I'll tweet the picture out um, when we release this episode. Mm. But there's this great um, scene from the broadcast where Nick Nurse's uh, interviewed on the sideline, sort of that coming out of the first half assistant coach look. Mm-hmm. And it's like Nick Nurse, the Chiron below him, says assistant coach. You see Bruno Caboclo in the background. I'm like, well, things have changed. Like, the Raptors are a totally different franchise. Um, what things that don't change are Kyle Lowry wins games. Kyle Lowry brings yeah. winning to your franchise. But that was the note that was on the uh, TSN broadcast that I thought was, looked cool. It was just sort of Weird to see Nick Nurse, assistant coach. Uh, 
Yeah, Nick uh Nick glowed up too. Nick Nick definitely had a little bit of a glow up. Yeah. And I'm uh I'm very happy yeah, for Nick good. that that happened. Um he looks good. He looks really good now. Uh, he's kind of aging backwards a little bit. Um, some other random notes. Uh, JV is wearing a camel suit jacket. The camel suit. <laughs> with a Gucci belt. <laughs> and my question is, why do NBA players spend money this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. He looked insane. Yo, a camel suit and Gucci belt, man. Like, that doesn't go... I, I don't know, man. He was on his, you know... He he looked great. I I, I got to rate yeah. it. He looked very Mississauga. Who looked better in that? Uh, JV with the camel suit or Jamal McGlure in the camel jersey? Oh man, <laughs> big cat. I don't I don't want I don't need to get involved in that. All one. right, I'm just gonna let that slide. All right. Because if I piss off the JV, have the West End's coming after me. If I piss off Jamal McGlure, the East End's coming after me. Wow. So. Yeah. No, you're right. Um. Uh, other things I missed from this game, uh, DeMar DeRozan's uh, girlfriend counting uh, down the shot clock. I forgot about this. Was that I remember? I heard the list. I'm like, I remember the story behind this. Five, but don't four. Yeah, three. And it's just like every single. Well, first off, because it was a lot of ISO ball, a lot of a lot of possessions came down <laughs> in the last five seconds. And yeah, so you yeah. hear it all the time. And, and I gotta I gotta give her yeah. credit because she was really like. Like uh, audible throughout the whole thing, like you could really hear her, yeah. and that's impressive. Cause like, it's a playoff game; everyone's cheering, but you can hear distinctly what's going on. If, if anything, I kind of wish she was at the um, game seven last year between the Raptors and the Sixers, because if you, it, that the only way the Kawhi shot gets even better is if you hear the counting down at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Four, three, yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been great. That was great. Uh, at towards the end, when the Raptors are clearly going to win the game, and you know they're giving Kyle Lowry a standing ovation, they're giving Demar a standing ovation, they're they're celebrating. The crowd starts chanting, "We want Cleveland." <laughs> well, it's a far you know you know the reason why they had to do that. Why they had to um, overcome the bad press from the Indiana Pacers game ops fumble from that playoff run. Do you remember the, uh, there was like, Game Ops ran a promotion, or not, like a, a video mm. that was very insulting to the people of Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Basically, do you remember no, this? No, I forgot. I only remember the, the, the Indiana fans being very confused why there were so many. <laughs> who are all these brown <laughs> Yeah, he's like, who, who are, I can't believe all of Toronto was like this. I think all of Mississauga went to that game, actually. Yeah, there was a great, and I mean, it was just so embarrassing. But Game Ops did like had got some blowback, so the fans were just trying to patch things up. I see, I see. It was like top ten things to come out of Indiana, and it was not. Like, oh right, cool. right, 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 right. And they were saying like, like farm animals and stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A crop circle. Yeah. yeah okay. I remember this. They had to clean up. Yeah, that's true. They had to. No, they had to change it up. That's true. That's that was disrespectful. Um, and then the only other yeah. thing I wanted to note uh, before we get to three stars, and of course, just. Uh, the reaction to this game because that's also really great but um, yes. at the end of the game so the shot clock's turned off the Raptors have won it's the end of the series Norm and um, James Johnson are both on the floor at the same time Norm Powell and James Johnson at this time Norm Powell's a rookie James Johnson has been in the league a couple of years uh, and they're passing the ball around back and forth like a hot potato at the end of the game because they want to avoid the turnover guys <laughs> let's be focused here it's a game seven alright first off 
You're not even getting a turnover for that. That's not even a turnover. That's like a team turnover if it's going to be recorded as one. And B, no one cares if you played a minute long and had a turnover, man. So I just thought it's like a difference in mentality between like how sort of serious everyone is now as compared to then. Because it just, it looks so comical. That's some shit you would see in December. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the Miami Heat uh, put in a December-level effort for the fourth quarter. So. That is true. Honestly, it was really funny because the Heat just <laughs> didn't get any shots. Like, the Raptors got, like, for maybe 10 offensive rebounds in the fourth. They just didn't get to shoot the ball. They, only had, they got yeah. outscored 30-11 to 11 in the fourth quarter. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I was looking at that same line of the boss court. That is... That's not good. No. Um, Anywho. All right, three stars. So we, we all agree. Kyle Lowry is a first star. 35 points, seven rebounds, yep. nine assists, four steals. 11 of 20 from the field. Five of seven from three. Eight of 11 from the free throw line. Incredible in 42 minutes of play, plus 31. Who's who's the second star from this game? So the second star, I think you've got to give it to... I want to give it to Bismack Biombo. Okay. I think... Yeah, he doesn't have 17 points, 10, uh, 16 rebounds, uh, 5 from 12 from the free throw line, kind of rough. Mm. Um, 40 minutes, plus 25. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of somebody. There's Watching the game, yeah, he still has all of – it's still a Bismack Biombo performance, but it's a vintage one, and it's one that I look back on fondly and remember him well by. And I, if I get the opportunity to give him two stars – I'm going to take it. Fair enough. Yeah, no, he's... uh, It's just really impressive when you watch the game because um, Miami just didn't attack the basket because Biombo was there. Yep. And it was a subtle thing, but they just didn't. They just shot a bunch of jumpers. And that's part of the reason why their offense was so butt, like, for the whole game. It was just (laughs) Biombo was there to block everything. Uh, And then the third side, I'm giving that to... I mean, honestly, Patrick Patterson has a real case for this. 11 points, 11 rebounds, uh, seven of them offensive. But I'm going to get into Damari Carroll just because he hit some really, really big transition threes. And most importantly, he got Dwayne Wade in foul trouble early in the game, which screwed up Miami's rotation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, Damari was really good in this one. No slander whatsoever for Damari. And he played really well. I think he had fourth quarters for most of the fourth quarter and just managed. He just he turned in a real professional performance. And uh why isn't this the Damari Carroll game and it's the game where he put up eight in the first quarter against the Milwaukee Bucks as his signature Raptors oh, playoff wow. performance. Wow. <laughs> he was that the game we watched together and uh <laughs> that's No that's, no no. That was that same series, but oh <laughs> That was terrible, man. Yeah. Yeah. Damari Carroll. Yeah, well. Did the Spurs wave him? What happened? Um, I don't remember. Um <laughs> is he still on the team? Because he, he's on, I'm no, not he's on sure. Houston. No, he's on Houston. He's he's their new center. He's their backup center. What are you talking about? He was. Oh yeah, he was. I knew he got waived by the Spurs. He got waived, eh? Word. Yeah, he got waived by the Spurs, and then the Rockets picked him up on the twenty first of February. Yeah. Was he playing? Was he getting minutes? I remember him actually playing some minutes. I don't know, but he's a kind of plucked for the no for the Spurs. He played a little bit, but yeah. Well, I'm wondering if he was playing for... If he was getting minutes for the Rockets. Um, yeah. Yeah, he played... He was getting minutes. All right. Uh, in, in, <laughs> Good for him. In terms of the Gerald Henderson Award. There's a couple of ways you can go with this. I'm going to go... 
For me personally, it's got to be Joe Johnson, even though he's a he only has 13 yeah, points. But it just viscerally felt like he was dominating the Raptors. As dominant of a 13-point performance as you'll ever see. Vintage Joe Johnson here. What what did you think? Yeah, I would like you could you could argue that Tyler Johnson was surprised like he has a positive plus minus and a gigantic loss. Mm-hmm. In uh, his in his twenty minutes, but he wasn't super impactful. No, Joe Johnson. Yeah, he put some fear in my heart when he got hot for a little bit at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, yeah, that's got to be it for me. Yeah, I'm excited to do the Patrick Patterson Award because there's only one name. All right, well then the Patrick Patterson Award. Um, not going to Patrick Patterson this one. All right, uh, Pat was no. Pat was pretty good. Uh, who you got? Corey Joseph. Oh, come on. <laughs> he, was, he was terrible. I didn't remember how bad he was in this game. Corey Joseph is like, I remember him being like a pretty competent professional player, like good player when he was with the Raptors. Mm. Somehow still a plus 14 when he goes 0 for 8. He was not good. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Man. 0 for 8. <laughs> uh, and I think when I was watching this, I was just like, it looks like he only has one move. The crossover... Uh, from right yeah. to uh, from left to right, and then pull up long two, and he missed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it was sort of just like it was crazy. Yeah, no, the offense just didn't work for Corey Joseph. Like you can't expect Corey Joseph to create out of pick and roll like Kyle and, and Demar can. So when the bench sure. comes in, you got to run a different offense if you're going to get anything from Corey Joseph. And they just didn't yeah. do that. Um, so it's not Corey's fault. It but was he, it he was bad, and he. It's unfortunate. Yeah, Corey's Corey's a player that I respect, and I'm really glad that he came to Toronto. Um, like coming off of a championship, like it's it was cool, but he was bad in this game. He was not good. Yeah, no, that's not. And then he went to Indiana. Yeah. That was a little random that he was end up in Indiana, but um, you know, I think was that the sign and trade where the Raptors got CJ Miles. I think that was it. So, um, all right. The, the best part about this game, and the main, one of the main reasons I wanted to revisit it, was because not necessarily of the game itself, but because of the celebrations afterward. Because this is it's not as legendary as the parade because nothing will match that. That's like three million people in the street. The parade takes five hours. Uh, it, it's just a legendary moment for Toronto, and, and really, it's 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 sensational thinking about that time and how little social distancing there was at that moment. Um, but <laughs> this was kind of like the parade before the parade. This was like the mini parade. This is Actually, like uh, the the Western Road version of uh, the Santa Claus parade. <laughs> This is not the main one that goes downtown. Yeah. This is the, this is the Etobicoke one. So, like, I, well, facts. So, you know, watching this game in Scotland, it felt a little weird to not be in the city during the game, and I kind of missed, like, oh, it would be nice mm-hmm. to, you know, watch this with Will in one of our living rooms or watch it in Jurassic Park with me, you, and Joe Wolfond. But it was seeing the mm-hmm. videos of the crowd in Young Dundas Square waiting for the traffic lights to change before going crazy that made me think like shit i wish i was home for this stuff. um it was yeah it's such a classic moment it yeah it, 
seeing that made you know that if this city ever won a championship, the parade would be legendary. And it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Toronto Tupac. Because, you know what? Everyone's, everyone knows about the, the Kawhi plant guy. The plant guy who wanted to give Kawhi a plant, whatever. I get all yep. that. There's, you know, it's cool. He has nothing on Toronto Tupac, man. Nothing. Yeah. That guy was... Yeah, that was... He, he saw this, like... Because on the it was on the corner of Young Dundas, and as you mentioned, like every time the lights turn, and it's a it's always a crosswalk, so people can really go in the middle of the street and everything. And there were cars going by honking. There's like uh, some kind of car with like I think a, like a Cadillac with some like hydraulics, and it's moving up and down, and it's 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 like mm-hmm. a, it's a real scene. But um, at one point, you know, there's this like random Somali dude. Who's just comes in wearing a, a LeBron Cavs jersey, and Toronto Tupac yeah. brings them out into the middle of the intersection <laughs> and gets everyone to boo this guy. I don't think they knew each other. I think they were strangers. And really, <laughs> he's in the middle of traffic, but everyone's just booing the hell out of this dude, man. It's just, uh, yeah, it was man. That 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 scene is incredible, man. I'm so happy they got to do it for real. Like I, I wonder where Toronto Tupac was for the actual Raptors parade. Oh man, that is a good question. I don't think I saw anything. I wonder where he was the night that like the Raptors won the championship because I was in Young Nanda Square. Oh man, and it was, it was perfect. It was, you know, everybody was like drunk and hugging or fighting, and people <laughs> were like way too closely packed. There were like the there were people who were like had climbed the TTC buses that they deployed to sort of. Block off traffic. Mm. It was amazing. Didn't like, it? From Young Dundas Square. Go didn't ahead. it knock over a TTC bus? I don't. Yeah, something like that. It, it was. It was like a. It was amazing. It was insane. I'm sure that you know the taxpayers had oh, to pay too much money yeah, listen, for property that was destroyed. But who gives a shit? Because that was that's fine, man. I mean, look, listen. Tax money goes uh, lots of places less necessary than that. I'm happy we got a prop. Exactly. Yeah, that was. <sighs> uh, yeah, what a time, man. What a time! So, damn man, it's it's so sad. Like, it, Jurassic Park should be packed right now, and people should be mm-hmm. out in the cold. And what would be the end of the second round? So the Raptors would be going to the Eastern Conference Finals after winning in seven games against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see it in in June. From I mean, it's uh, still possible. Uh, a gym in Orlando. They just won't play seven games. <laughs> But if the Raptors would go to the Eastern Conference Final, do people still show up in Young Dundas Square and have a socially distanced celebration? Nah, you can't stop us, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, John Tory, you can't stop us, man. <laughs> Raptor fans, uh, man, we don't know how to act. And that's one of the funny things about this is just the amount of celebration that went into not going into the finals, um, not like the bounce, and then things like going like it was. Just beating the Heat. But, I mean, look. Here's the thing, man. I don't want to put down Raptor fans for celebrating this either. Because I was celebrating it just as hard. This was such a big moment where the Raptors had finally broken through. Yes, it was ugly. Yes, they had to play two seven-game series to get there. And, yes, they had to play some ugly, ugly basketball that did not work in the end. But it it was a a time, man. It was a time. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad that we got to talk about this game. I will remember it well. Like, it is, to me, the Kyle Lowry game. I know that Game 6 
in um, Oakland is a is a more significant game. Mm. But to me, this was the moment where I think like he became unimpeachably the guy on that team, and you know probably the greatest Raptor of all time because he did he did what um, Vince couldn't do. He he put he punched our ticket to go to the the Eastern Conference Finals, and that game is was all him. I can't. Yeah, Biz was great. Yeah, Demar did did the Demar thing, and we had a surprisingly good game for Patrick Patterson, but like. Kyle Lowry over everything, man. Kyle Lowry over everything. Um, all right, so that does it for the podcast. Um, Josh, thanks for coming on. Uh, of course. What do you have to uh, say to the people out there, man? People miss your voice and stuff, you know? I can't wait to bring back the Colin show. Um, hopefully, when things get back, we'll be back as well. It seems like that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope everybody's keeping safe, keeping uh, healthy. Um, you know, bake some sourdough. Yeah, you making um, sourdough? I'm not making sourdough, but maybe people listening might. Yeah. The encouragement <clears throat> from me is all they need. So it's it's yeah. tough, but yeah, I'm I'm yeah, it doesn't seem easy. Are you making sourdough? Yeah, we tried it out here. It, it did not work out. We kind of ended up making a very very hard Costco ciabatta bread. <laughs> 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 Sounds like yeah, food, I it's, guess. It's very specific, but you know, it, it tastes just like that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. All right, all right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, again, uh, if if you have other suggestions for the Raptors Reaction Podcast Classic, please let me know uh, on Twitter and things like this. So um, that does it for the podcast. Uh, you know, stay safe, and uh, there'll be more content next week. Be good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.